0: Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the All Plane Podcast this year, 2021. Like I guess everyone else, I'm wishing that this year is going to be better for the aviation industry, which is not a particularly ambitious goal considering how last year went. But in any case, we are here to talk with entrepreneurs and innovators that are working on a much longer time scale working day and night to redefine the future of the industry for decades to come. But first of all, let me reiterate my invitation to visit our website, allplane.tv, that is A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E dot T-V. There you will find more episodes and other content and stories about aviation. In this podcast, we have talked with a number of entrepreneurs that are developing new technologies and aircraft concepts to make aviation more sustainable. But I also wanted to get the point of view of an operator, of an airline, and not just any airline. Aaron Shaw is the founder and CEO of Sydney Seaplanes, the largest seaplane operator in Australia. Did I say that I find seaplanes really fascinating? For example, now that we are at it, I recommend that you check the podcast that we did with Florida-based seaplane entrepreneur Rob Ceravolo, the founder of Tropic Ocean Airways. You will like it. But in any case, uh, what I wanted to say is that Sydney Seaplanes, Aaron Show's airline, has a very specific project to become the world's first fossil-free airline. So in today's episode, Aaron is going to tell us how they plan to do it. And he also shares a story of Sydney seaplanes and how he's currently working to bring seaplanes into new territories and markets. So, without further ado, let me welcome Aaron to the podcast. Hello, Aaron. How are you? I'm Miguel. Hello. I'm well, thank you. Well, thank you very much for making time from the other side of the world because we have a, today a 10 hour time difference. Yeah. So joining us from Sydney in australia it's a pleasure to be here yeah i'm i'm based in europe so that's a considerable time difference but i'm, I'm glad that we mm-hmm. managed to find some time yes some, some time overlap so that we could it's quite start. early for you isn't it nine oh yeah what is, is it nine uh, yeah starting the day yeah no, it's not too bad yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So basically, I, I got in touch with you recently when I, I learned about a very interesting project that you are leading there in Australia. Uh, you are the founder and CEO of Sydney Seaplanes, uh, a seaplane operator based in, in the city of, of the same name, obviously. And yeah. you recently unveiled a project we can cover in more detail later in the, in the conversation to basically to electrify part of your fleet and to launch a regular Mm -hmm. service using all-electric seaplanes between Sydney and Canberra.
1: Um,
0: But first of all, I would like to ask you to introduce yourself Mm -hmm. and and to Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what is Sydney Seaplanes and Mm -hmm. how you founded this company and how you Mm -hmm. uh, basically developed into what it is now.
1: Sure. So, yeah, as you said, I'm the uh, managing director and, and uh, founder of Sydney Seaplanes. We've been, um, the company's been in operation since 2005. So, we're coming up to 15 or 16 years now. Um, and um, we, um, I mean, I've always worked in aviation my, my whole life. I'm a commercial pilot. Um, I do have a seaplane rating. Sadly, I don't fly that much these days, but um, I've always been sort of attracted to. To seaplanes because they they represent a great mix of aviation and tourism, which is sort of a leisure product, which are two of the areas I've worked mostly in my whole career. So it's a nice combination of a sort of a technical element, which is the the aviation side, as well as the as the as the fun side of showing um, visitors to Sydney and and the, and locals for that matter um, the great sights of this beautiful city. I mean it's. Uh, a famous harbour, one of the most beautiful harbours in the world. We've got the famous landmarks of the Opera House and the Harbour Bridge there. We fly over those every on every one of our flights, every single one. So it's a, it's a joy, really, to be able to, to get in the air, um, uh, be so close to the centre of the city, and that's
0: one of the great benefits of Seaplanes. Do you operate from the harbour of Sydney? So from, from yeah. what, is it called Sydney yeah. Bay? Botany Bay is, is, the, uh, is not actually
1: Sydney Harbour. Botany Bay is the next sort of bay south of Sydney Harbour. Oh, okay. That was the, uh, the bay that uh, James Cook actually sailed mm-hmm. into in 1788. But, um, they, they went past Sydney Harbour because they thought it looked a little bit tight and small. But in fact, it's not. Once you go through the heads, it opens up to being a, a huge, beautiful harbour. So Rose Bay, we we operate from Rose Bay in Sydney Harbour, which is the biggest bay within the harbour. And really interestingly was the original flying boat base back in the 1930s. So Sydney's, or Australia's in fact, first international airport was based at Rose Bay with Qantas flying boat services, which went from Rose, originated in Rose Bay and flew all the way to the United Kingdom. So that was the original kangaroo route that began from the exact same site that we operate from to this day, some ninety or eighty years later. So this is downtown. Yeah, it's 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 uh, what do you, what would you say? It's a ten-minute ferry ride mm-hmm. from right downtown. Right, so um, very close to the centre okay.
0: of Sydney. Yes. Yeah, I need to I need to refresh my Australian geography, <laughs> and hopefully one day I go yeah. and see it for myself. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, you operate these seaplanes out of Sydney, but are you mainly a charter operator, or do you also have some regular we, service?
1: We we are currently a charter operator. We have operated um, scheduled services in the past. Just uh, to uh, give you a bit more geographical information. Um, The next city north of Sydney is called Newcastle. Uh, That's the second biggest city in the state of New South Wales. And um, we have in the past operated scheduled services from Sydney Harbour to Newcastle Harbour, which is a 30 minute flight um, as opposed to a sort of three hour drive, So um, that was quite a popular service. Um, but in effect at one point we were doing eight flights a day. But in those days, you know, we were sort of, it was fairly early on in our experience of operating seaplanes and we were doing that service VFR, visual flight rules, right? So it was quite susceptible to, to bad weather. And when you're operating transport service or scheduled flight as opposed to tourism and leisure flights, it's a different dynamic, right? Because people who are travelling to get between A and B. They're not traveling to go to lunch at a beautiful resort, or you know they want to go if the weather's bad or not. And we'll get onto this later, I'm sure, but um, we made a decision uh, back then uh, to focus primarily on tourism and leisure flights and let that scheduled service go. We are going to resurrect those services, but do them differently and learn
0: from the mistakes of our of first time around. So this new route you're planning now to camera, that would be um, yeah. getting back into, into scheduled services. Mm-hmm. And you have chosen to go all electric for that route. So you're planning to retrofit one of the Cessna caravans that you have? That's right. And then operate this regular service. Tell us more about this. How, how this idea came about and wh- what is the time frame for this? Where are you now? with this whole thing. It's early days, Miguel,
1: it's early days for now, though um, uh, we've been able to focus on it quite uh, a lot in the last few months, given the, the COVID slowdown of normal business activities that it allows you to spend a bit more time on business planning for things like this. Um, you're in Barcelona, it, interestingly, we, we've teamed up, with, it's a trilateral arrangement with um, this electrifying our fleet, and our. Um, Engineering partner is a company called Dante Aeronautical, who are Spanish, like um, okay. Madrid originally, but they have an Australian um, uh, presence as well. So we got together, uh, I got together with their representative here. They're, um, we're both really interested in, and, and passionate about um, electric engines in aviation. Uh, and we um, have put together a sort of a program where we've uh, Been working with uh, Magni X, who are quite a well-known electric engine uh, manufacturer, certifier, Um, they're based, uh, they're actually originally from Australia, but they're now headquartered and based in Seattle, in the United States. So um, our trilateral trilateral arrangement with that uh, company and Dante Aeronautical is to certify the Magni X engine on a caravan airframe okay so retrofit is the, is the right word to term of saying that so that um, we go through the certification process with um, CASA which is the civil aviation safety authority of australia to certify the Magni x engine on the caravan airframe and then we plan to operate that in all of our caravans on all of our flights including the tourism and leisure services but we we'll also introduce um, next year, uh, scheduled services reintroduce scheduled services. Um, Canberra is one of them, and we, we've done a demonstration flight to the lake in the middle of Canberra
0: uh, I, last month. I um, was about to ask uh, because Canberra is in the interior, right? So <laughs> I guess yeah, you need a, a, a pretty big lake there to to be able yeah. to to land yeah. and take Canberra off. Canberra is, is, is um. Is the
1: capital city of Australia. It's um, it's inland from Sydney. It's about a three and a half hour drive, four hour drive from, um, from Sydney. So, um, uh, but it's it's built around a lake. It's a man made lake. It's a dammed river that's created quite a large lake in the middle of the city. Quite pretty. It's a beautiful lake actually. Um, and the great benefit from a customer or a passenger's point of view is that we can of, of the service that we're proposing which is departing sydney harbour and landing in lake Burley griffin in canberra they as a passenger can avoid the traditional airport environment the hassle of that we all know what that represents the queues and taxis and all the rest of it um atc delays and you name it uh, and go straight from the center of canberra and land very very close to the center of Sydney mm-hmm. um, so we'll be by far the fastest possible way of getting between
0: the center of both cities. What competition would you have then? Are there regular flights on, on let's say traditional jet aircraft? Certainly
1: yeah there certainly are so um, uh, Qantas is of course uh, the major airline in Australia and they do fly regularly between Sydney and Canberra but airport to airport right so That really is, and I've done it a few times, Really, is almost the same amount of time as driving. By the time you get to the airport, uh, you have to be there an hour before your flight, Uh, you've got all the hassles and queues and so on. I mean, it's not so bad now, right, because aviation's on its knees and and airports are pretty quiet. But in normal times, then uh, it's, it's a three or three and a half hour journey whether you drive or fly by the time you get through all the airport hassle at either end um so yes there are traditional services there but but i think i see the benefit of ours being um avoiding all the hassle and uh, and it's a much faster and more enjoyable service
0: how fast is it going to be it's an hour
1: an hour hour
0: door to door or oh, one I want an to hour in the From Harbour
1: to landing in Lake Burley Griffin now. Okay. Lake Burley Griffin is really quite literally in the middle of the city. So, you know, it's, it's five minutes to parliament buildings, mm-hmm. you know, like to the center of the government from where we're landing. You've got some commerce and Canberra as well, again, five minutes from the wharf where we would land. So you really are um, landing in the heart of the city there. How many passengers on each aircraft? So we're actually proposing to operate that service in a twin Otter rather than a caravan, and um, there's a couple of reasons for that. And one of them is that a lot of government traffic uh, customers are required to fly in twin-engine an aircraft. And given that the flight is um, inland, um, which the additional safety element of having two engines and two pilots on the flight, which is uh, what we would do. And also the Twin Otter being a larger aircraft and heavier than the caravan, it will allow us to operate in stronger wind conditions. Certainly gives significant advantages on really windy days where the harbour particularly gets choppy, right? And we have to cancel services in the caravan, but we could um, continue up to a point, of course, uh, with the Twin Otter. I've done some analysis on that. We believe the Twin Otter can take, probably 35 knots uh, of wind whereas the twin overs the caravan is 30 knots that we stop flying. Uh, a significant increase in reliability of water to water services. They are amphibious as well. so worst case scenario we can also operate an airport to airport service.
0: If it's just the harbour or the lake is just too rough to land on, we've still got that as an option. So I guess being a lake, is it more reliable <laughs> as a landing place? Uh, mm, it is, it is more reliable. And the great thing as well is it's fresh
1: water, right? Mm-hmm. So we've got that, um, we don't have the, uh, the constant corrosive element of the saltwater environment that we have in the harbour, um, yeah. every other landing and takeoff is going to be in a beautiful freshwater environment to flush all that saltwater off the plane. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's quite a good, uh, quite a good option. Yeah, uh, I, it's not without its challenges, um, that's for sure. I mean, lakes um, have other elements. Canberra is uh, about 1,800 feet above sea level, okay, and very hot in summer. So you've got quite a high density altitude, um, considerations to deal with on, on environments like that. But again, that's why forms of the Twin off is, is a benefit to that particular location um, as opposed to a caravan.
0: Yeah, I actually, I had the chance to have here on the podcast um, a seaplane entrepreneur from the U.S., from Florida, mm-hmm. Rob Ceravolo mm-hmm. of uh, Tropic Ocean Airways, and uh, we had this conversation and I, I realized, let's say, what, what are the challenges of, uh, of, of uh, maintenance when you're operating on, on seawater? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's amazing um, how much maintenance has to go into preventing all this corrosion from, from the yeah.
1: from the salty water.
0: It's a and, war. It's a yeah. war that we fight every single day with yeah. corrosion. And, and also the, the challenges of the surface, the type of surface that you need to operate the seaplanes because mm. uh, I also was unaware of the challenges of having the perfect conditions and how sensitive seaplanes mm. can be to uh, a little bit of wind. or. Yeah. We do, we've
1: done quite a lot of consulting in different parts of the world, including in, in um, Bahamas, but also up in... Philippines and, and Vietnam and a number of places in Asia um, and often people think well a seaplane it can land on the sea right it could be anything but actually no it needs to be a very flat protected water environment uh, and I can imagine in uh, Caribbean where they have a lot of open water environments which really would be quite tricky on a number of you know, different occasions we're quite lucky that we are really just sticking to harbors and lakes which are Always sheltered, right? So the water has to, the, the wind conditions have to be really quite strong um, before the, the the surface of the
0: water mm. is not suitable for seaplanes to operate on. You mentioned consulting, and that's mm. something actually I wanted to ask you about because you, mm. uh, as a as a veteran of the seaplane business my understanding is mm. that you are providing consultancy services to other entrepreneurs around the world that want to start their mm. seaplane operations. Is it right? That is right, Miguel. Yeah, we've done, we've actually
1: done a lot of that over the last five years and worked, um, all over the world, um, uh, helping different companies or individuals in some cases, um, start their own seaplane services. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, started in 2014 uh, with a company in Vietnam called Hai O Aviation who were a uh, part of a tourism group there and they um, wanted to begin seaplane services from Hanoi Airport to Ha Long Bay which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site it's a beautiful amazing natural uh, location and perfect for seaplanes because it's a very sheltered waterway so uh, we Consulted, I was actually back and forth to Vietnam many times that year um, helping start that service and it's still going today and no doubt has taken hundreds of thousands of people between Hanoi and, and uh, Ha Long Bay already um, and really does provide an absolutely stunning uh, viewpoint of the bay that was otherwise not available um, to people. Mm-hmm. So that's one, we've worked in Indonesia, we've worked in the Philippines, we worked in China, We um, we did an audit for a company that was looking to start seaplane services in China. I mentioned we worked in, uh, in Miami, um, New Zealand. We helped uh, Auckland seaplanes start their uh, beaver service. Um, so yeah, that's been quite a, a really fun and rewarding sort of side business that wasn't really something
0: that we looked for, It just it, it's something that found us and, and it's been really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And um, back to the electric uh, aircraft thing. Um, yeah what is the time frame for all these certification and flights you mentioned next year so we're talking about 2022 for um, well we're going to start this year
1: right okay. we're going to start this 20 2021 right is the is the plan where we'll begin the certification process um and we're expecting that will take two years and that's been our um based on our initial discussions with with the civil aviation safety authority here on the mm-hmm. certification process because um, there's, there's many, many considerations right before you get to the point of actually certifying that that's a safe option for that aeroplane.
0: So we are looking at two years until the time when the, the service is inaugurated, you start flying. No. So we'll start the service with, with normal um, turbine engines,
1: uh, whether it be okay. on the caravan or the Twin Otter. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's kind of got two elements to to what we're proposing here. One is the service itself and the benefits of the aviation service as a standalone thing, which mm-hmm. is the time saving and the convenience, yeah, of getting close and and kind of leveraging our centre of city location
0: more than we're doing now. Conventional propulsion. Yeah. Conventional propulsion. Right. Yeah. But and what then about the, once the yeah. certification is done,
1: we'll roll that into it after.
0: Actually, what I was asking specifically, sorry I didn't make it clear. Uh, when do you expect the all electric flights to be launched? So, we would expect the all electric, the, the first all
1: electric service will be launched at the beginning of 2023. Okay, okay, right. I see. So, that's, that's our expectation and desire that mm-hmm. um, that would be realistic. And we've got some, um, you know, one of the good things of, of, of our company is we've got quite a few short flights that we offer no 10, 15 minute flights. And we've got to be realistic and are realistic about where battery technology is now and the weight of the batteries and so on um, To in terms of the weight versus range equation, right? So um, how commercially viable that is for operators. Uh, But we're in a good position that we've got a couple of flights and services and routes that um, will be very short Right, but there'll be ideal ones to to start the service with the battery technology mm-hmm. uh doesn't allow a flight of an hour, right? let's say. Right. We could still commercially viable operate some of our flights
0: with batteries that provide half hour range, that
1: type of thing. Yeah. And so
0: yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah, I was I was to ask you about this because you mm-hmm. mentioned the flight to Canberra is about one hour. Um that's mm-hmm. that's quite quite long for, for current uh battery Absolutely. power battery power flights right um yeah especially yeah. when you are talking about um how many passengers per flight so
1: we we with a conventional propulsion we're expecting 15 passengers on the strata yeah.
0: okay now
1: that's you're exactly right an hour is is a long uh flight time with uh the battery batteries as they are which is why we're also looking at um hydrogen cell fuel cell mm-hmm. uh, technology as well okay because that would appear to me to be a bridge or a a stepping stone or perhaps a permanent way of um, introducing nil emission electric aviation in a commercially viable way because the battery weight and technology that's around now is really limiting on uh, the number of passengers that you can carry and it's limiting to the extent that it's probably not commercially viable to go all battery for 90% of potential operators now mm-hmm. right you need to you need to provide like a hybrid solution or an interim solution that uh, and it seems to me that hydrogen um, may well be that uh, that option that, that does make it commercially viable
0: yeah actually i had on the podcast a few weeks ago a representative of uh, zero avia which is right the company is developing a power train for- are. yeah we know them well, yes, absolutely. Certainly,
1: that, that is a company that we're, that we're looking at closely as well. Um, mm-hmm. And they're making some great inroads. They've, got, they've done some amazing uh, stuff in terms of fundraising and, and partnerships with the likes of British Airways and so on, mm-hmm. recent announcements. Um, mm-hmm. So exciting times. That's an exciting company um, and uh, certainly one that's is on our radar that we may be able to work with here with our project in,
0: in this part of the world. So, shall we say that the, uh, let's say the the, the powertrain uh, choice is not, it's not settled yet? You It's something you're yeah. still working on. We, we are still working on that. But I think um,
1: realistically, hydrogen is going to have to be involved to make this a commercially viable solution mm-hmm. um, and, and for some time. I mean, I'm not an expert. You know, this is, a, this is early days for me in this journey as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not safe, right? people who know a lot more about the technical it than I do. However, what I do know is that um, the, battery, the batteries as they are now, the weight versus range scenario is very limiting. And there's plenty of people that are working, uh, very talented organisations and scientists and people working on um, getting more energy into batteries you know, for the same weight. And I'm sure that will happen. Well, the question is when and and how long will that take before we're getting that to be a commercially viable scenario where we just
0: need batteries and nothing else mm-hmm. but you definitely um, you you aim to be first to launch a scheduled service
1: if we're launching
0: some of our routes in twenty twenty three nil emission
1: fully nil emission then i i reckon we're we're a chance of being first and you know it's Australians, are, we're sitting on the bottom of the world, but we always like to you know, punch above our weight, right? So we want to get in the race, right, and, um, and see who can be. And, and so definitely one of our goals and ambitions is to, is to, is to push this you know, safely going through all the processes that need to be gone through, of course.
0: What type of shore flights would you be able to offer in two thousand and twenty-three? Is it going to be like panoramic flights around Sydney? Yeah, that's exact. That's a, that's an example. One of our most popular flights for tourism,
1: when we had tourists in Australia, mm-hmm. which we don't at the moment, but we're hoping they'll come back at some point, um, is a fifteen-minute flight over Sydney Harbour. Okay. And we started this conversation today talking about the beautiful harbour that it is, and so. In that time frame you get to see all those beautiful world famous icons and beaches and mm-hmm. opera house and so on and it's 15 minutes so that is a flight which which is viable now um, there's another destination as well um, which is uh, just a 10 minute flight north of Sydney Harbour it's a place called Palm Beach it's a, uh, it's, a it's a beautiful sort of uh, enclave if you like um, a little bit like uh, Hamptons to New York or Malibu to Los Angeles—that type of scenario where um, we can fly there in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to a, a pretty significant uh, drive for people. So that's mm-hmm. another another route that we're looking at introducing all-electric onto, and and we think that all-electric, zero-emission aviation will be really popular to the demographic that lives in those areas as well. And and this would
0: be battery powered it could be it could be all battery it could mm-hmm. be with the caravan, caravan. yeah mm-hmm. right so how right. many people on the caravan would So we're like? currently carrying 10 in okay. the
1: caravan yeah right so i mean whether we start that service and we can carry eight or seven or something like that that that's a possibility but so we would still so, do it
0: if that were the case we would yeah. still
1: do that because we want to
0: because sure. uh, yeah, most of the electric, all electric airplanes so far that I've seen are mostly like one, two people on board. True, uh, that, true. That's one step that's up. Right. Um, that's right, but it's getting better
1: every day. And those, what, what, the ones and twos, you're looking at flights where they're looking at the one hour range stuff, which is a half hour flight plus half hour reserve. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we're looking at less than that for these yeah. flights. And that's why we believe by the time that the certification of the engine on that airframe is done we will hopefully have a battery that will give us something like six to eight people range mm-hmm. right, on a flight of that distance or time if mm-hmm. you like. now that might be optimistic to know but that's why we're looking at other things as as part of this process i.e the hydrogen cell hybrid technology as well, absolutely critical to this whole process.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how it seems to be the, the seaplane, seaplane segment of the industry it has very, very ambitious uh, very ambitious goals. There's also these other uh, seaplane operators in, in the west coast of Canada that yeah. uh, also has plans to... I yeah all electric harbour air
1: harbour air i mean i mean i massively admire that company um i really do the they're, they're incredible company and um really uh, great admiration for me for them and what they're doing uh, for, for many years now um and you're right but you know look at it, it maybe it's because seaplanes and it's not just us but we certainly are this we operate in these pristine environments and we and we exist because of these pristine environments. People come here to see them, to use our services, to fly with them. So we're really um, vested in the environment. We're, we're totally vested in a sustainable environment or operation, and minimising our impact on the environments that we operate to and from. So that's probably the unique thing about seaplanes and aviation is is that part of it and that's maybe why you're seeing a
0: significant uh i suppose interest from our sector in this technology mm-hmm. people that want to learn more about your company and this project mm-hmm. where should they go uh, the website other yeah. channels where they can find out well the website is a good place to start seaplanes.com.au
1: it's pretty easy you google sydney seaplanes or Pretty easy URL to remember. LinkedIn's another one. We've got a nice uh, Sydney Seaplanes page on LinkedIn, which we keep updated with, I suppose, more of the sort of professional endeavor stuff, you know, is is updated there regularly. I've also got my own profile on LinkedIn as well. So those are the areas I'd say that we'll probably post more regular updates about this part of our business as we progress
0: um, through the certification.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Excellent. Well, Aaron, um, it's been it's been great having you here today on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm very jealous of this summer uh, <laughs> setting you are in now. I can see you as we speak yeah. now. And, uh, yeah. We, we are. Well, it's still light here, and it's almost eight o'clock at night. So it's the, a the great time of year, right? It's, yeah. Um, yeah. Horrible. Yeah. It's a it's a really cold day here. So uh, <laughs> I really. <laughs> Really jealous seeing that you are yeah. right in the middle of the summer now, enjoying the well. You know what, Miguel? I hope yeah. so much this time next year you'll be able to come to Australia
1: freely, mm-hmm. no quarantine, none of any of that stuff. And you can come
0: with us, please do. Yeah, I think we, we all hope so. Okay, yeah. th- thank you so much. Pleasure before you go. And if you like this podcast. A quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify or whichever platform you are using or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon!